Hello, Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. Boy, it's so great to have you here on this weekend. And didn't the band do an awesome job? Can we give it up for the band again? We are so blessed here at Cathedral of Faith. And we are in this series called Organic, where we've been walking through the fruit of the Spirit that the Bible says when we become a follower of Jesus, it's like Jesus takes his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and plants it on the inside of us like a seed. And that seed becomes a root, the root becomes a vine, the vine becomes a branch, and that branch produces a certain kind of fruit in our lives. We read about that in Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Can we praise God for his word? Amen. Thank God for his word. The fruit of the Spirit, and one of our staff members had this sign on his door this week. It said, I choose to be a fruit of the Spirit, not a religious nut. (laughs) And so at Cathedral of Faith, we're on this journey of growing in fruitfulness. And this week, I'd like us to think about the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Faithfulness. What does faithfulness look like? 150 years ago, there were nine explorers in the United States who were scouting out a volcanic crater. And two days in, they found this geyser. And the geyser was shooting water 125 feet in the air. It would do this on a regular basis. They saw it nine times during their stay. And they gave it a name that we still call it today. They called it Old Faithful. Now, more than 4 million people last year came to view Old Faithful because there's something about faithfulness and reliability and dependability that captures our attention. You know, the Bible says this about a faithful person. It says, a faithful person will be richly blessed. Can somebody say amen? Amen. A faithful person will be richly blessed. And Jesus talked to us about one of the blessings this way. That when when we manage what God has given to us faithfully, that one day we will hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That there's a principle at work in the world, and the principle is this. Faithfulness brings increase. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So faithfulness matters in our lives. But there's another passage in the Bible that says this. It says, many claim to have love that never fails, but who can find a faithful person? Where are they? Well, there's a a sign I found. The guy says this. He says, the one thing I can always depend on is knowing that everyone in my life is undependable. (laughs) 
You ever felt like that? Who can find a faithful person? I went on the internet to try and find one, and I had trouble. Watch the screens, and you can see it for yourself. Don't you hate when that happens? Faithful, reliable, dependable, uh uh-oh. A faithful person who can find. If somebody asked me that question, here's what I would say to them. You need to go down to 2315 Canoas Garden and check out the people at the Cathedral of Faith. Because we're not perfect, but God's planted the seed of the Spirit on the inside of us. And that, speed is, uh, that, that seed is creating a, a vine, and that vine is creating branches, and that branches is producing fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. What does faithfulness look like? Well, it looks like the next issue of the Imagine magazine that's right around the corner, when you look inside, there's a story about Pastor Dewey and his wonderful wife, Marcina. Can we give it up for Pastor Dewey and Marcina? Amen. Marcina's family was a part of the founding of the church all the way back in 1965. Her and her family were a part of the church for all of those years, over 50 years. Her parents and her grandparents, and then her kids and her grandkids and her great-grandkids, that means six generations were a faithful part of the cathedral family, bringing the love of Jesus to the Bay Area all of those years. That's what faithfulness looks like. Amen? That's what faithfulness looks like. And now they've handed the baton to us. And I look around, and here we are, faithfully taking that message of the good news of Jesus to the Bay Area. What if you're not here by accident? You know, what if you're not here by chance? What if God has set you in the Bay Area, called you to the Bay Area for such a time as this so we can faithfully carry out the message of the gospel to this area? In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. Well, that's what faithfulness looks like. I like to give you a phrase, a sticky phrase that you'll carry with you all this week that reminds us of the big idea. And so this week I borrowed a phrase from the Marines. And you got to say it like a Marine. There's a phrase they have called Semper Fi. It's short for Semper Fidelis. And it means always faithful. Semper Fi. Say that with me. Semper Say it like a Marine. Semper Fi. Hooah, right? Here we go. Always faithful. That's what God is creating in us. Now, I want you to go on a journey with me over four ideas of what it looks like to grow in faithfulness. You'll see them on your outline. You can also find them on your app. The first one has to do with making a commitment. The faithfulness is about making a commitment. Now, study after study in our culture shows that there is a phobia that is on the rise. And the phobia, you can see it right up here. It's called Welcome to Commitment Phobes Anonymous. 
next meeting, Wednesday or Thursday. They're not sure. There is something that study after study reveals that's on the rise in our culture called commitment phobia. Now, there are all kinds of reasons for this. They say that one of the reasons we have so many options to choose from, that with all those options, it paralyzes us to commit to anything. But we live in a world where people are not quick to commit. And on the one hand, you don't want to commit to things too quickly. Jesus talked about making sure you count the cost when you're going to commit. He said a wise man counts the cost before he builds a tower. A wise king counts the cost before he goes off to war. So Jesus said, don't begin until you count the cost. Because if you commit to this and commit to that, say yes to this and yes to that, you end up looking like this lady right up here. This is what you call overcommitted. But on the other hand, if you develop commitment phobia, what happens is it stunts your spiritual growth. Catch this. The way you develop uh, faithfulness is within the framework of commitment. If you commit to nothing, you have nothing to be faithful to. So faithfulness is grown within the context of a commitment. When I commit myself to this or commit myself to that, that's when I have a chance to grow in faithfulness. So here's a question I want to ask you this weekend. Where is the Holy Spirit nudging you that it's time to sign up? It really is. It's time to commit. Go against the cultural trend and commit. I did that Friday. I signed up for the turkey trot. Now, I want to be real with you today. I hate to run. I am not a runner. My philosophy when it comes to running is no pain, no pain. It's my philosophy. I hate to run. But I signed up for the turkey trot because I do love San Jose. I am for San Jose. I believe God loves San Jose, and God is for San Jose. Amen? And so I signed up to join our church family to demonstrate that we do love San Jose and we are for San Jose. And not only did I commit myself, I committed my grandkids. And I signed them up too. You can see we started training this week. We're all ready to go. There we are. That's what I signed up for. What is the spirit nudging you to do? Maybe it's to commit yourself to a career path. Maybe it's to commit yourself to a school. Maybe it's to commit yourself to a ministry. Maybe it's to commit yourself to a local church. Maybe it's to commit yourself. The most important thing you will ever commit your life to is to commit your life to Jesus Christ. Commit your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here this week and if you're watching online all around the Bay Area, all around the world, and you're seeking and you're searching, Man, I'm glad you're here. I really am. And I would encourage you, look at the evidence with an open heart that Jesus is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. 
But there comes a moment where you have to step across the line and you have to commit. And this can be your day. You can step across the line, surrender your life to Jesus, take up your cross and follow him. This can be the day that you commit and it'll begin, it'll start the change of your life for eternity. Let's give God praise, amen, for how God can help us to commit by his spirit. Semper Fi, say it with me, Semper Fi, Hua. Faithfulness is about making a commitment. And then faithfulness is about keeping your word. Keeping your word. The Bible has such great images. Look at what it says in Proverbs 25, 13. It says, faithful men who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Have you ever had a cool drink in sweltering heat? It's hard to believe it was 27 years ago when we built our reaching out center here at Cathedral of Faith. And I have some good news today. Are you ready for some good news? Oh, I have some good news. Are you ready for some good news? It's 27 years since we built the building and we needed a new freezer. And through our partnership with Second Harvest Food Bank, they are donating a brand new freezer, a $100,000 freezer that is going to double our capacity. Can we give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. The goodness of God. And when I think about the journey, let me give you the backstory on the Reaching Out building. I, I think about how you know, there, we have five buildings on our campus, and this reaching out was the only one that wasn't on our master plan when we moved to this campus back in 1981, because we never dreamed that opening up a closet and handing out a few groceries on a weekend, that God would expand it to the point where it's the largest food pantry in Northern California and we would need a whole building to house it. Can somebody say amen? Look at what the Lord can do. And I'll never forget that when we were in the planning process, it was a big recession at the time. That's not the normal time you build a building during a recession. But at Cathedral of Faith, we've never been accused of being normal. Amen. So we step out in faith and we commit to build the building and we meet with the contractors. And I, I remember the, the meeting, my dad is there and he's going over the contract, finalizing the details. And he says to the contractor, okay, where do I sign? We're good to go. Because that's what you do when you're gonna build a building, you sign a contract. That's what we do in our culture. And the contractor looks at my dad, he says, Kenny Foreman, I know who you are. I know your reputation. I know in this city you're a man of your word. When you give your word, you keep your word. You don't have to sign a contract. I'll take you at your word. That's the kind of legacy we have at Cathedral of Faith. Amen? And I, I just want to say on a, on a personal note, you know, I'm so grateful I, my dad has blessed me in so many ways. Dad, you have. He's watching right now. 
My dad helped me to get my first car, a 69 Firebird. How cool is that? My dad helped me to go to college back in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Roberts University. My dad helped me to get into my first place all the way back in 1983. But the most important thing that my dad has ever done for me, I told him, Dad, I'm, I'm so grateful that you left a good name in this city, a good reputation. That The Bible says a good name is better than great riches, and I am so grateful for that. It's like a cool drink of water in sweltering heat. Amen? A cool drink of water. And when we become people who keep our word, we give our word and we keep our word, it may, we may have to make sacrifices, we may have to overcome obstacles, but if we've given our word, our word is our bond, and we keep our word. Boy, that this is what faithfulness looks like. One business leader says this about making promises. He says, keep them. If asked when you can deliver something, ask for time to think. Build a margin for safety. Name a date. Then deliver it earlier than you promised. The world is divided into two classes of people. The few who make good on their promises and the many who don't. Get in column A and stay there. You'll be very valuable wherever you are. The faithful person is richly blessed. Amen. Let's give God praise for the wisdom we find in his word. Hallelujah. Semper Fi, always faithful. Hooah. Semper Fi, always faithful. What kind of faithfulness is God building into our lives? Well, faithfulness is also about speaking the truth. Again, we find this great image in the Bible. It says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Is that in the Bible? An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips? Where's my wife? An honest answer, how about if we get interactive? Would you turn to the person next to you and give them a big, no, don't do that. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Would you look at that? A kiss on the lips. An honest answer. A seven-year-old baseball player is usually not in Sports Illustrated. But in this case, little Tanner, he ended up in Sports Illustrated. One day he's playing baseball. Seven years old, he fields a grand ball. He goes to tag a runner. The umpire calls the runner out. And little Tanner goes up to the umpire and says, I missed the tag. So the umpire reverses the call and calls the runner safe. Two weeks later, Tanner is playing another game. Same umpire. Once again, he fields a ground ball, tries to tag a runner. This time, the umpire calls the runner safe. Tanner goes back to his position. His head is hanging low. And the umpire says, what's wrong? And Tanner said, I did tag him. Once again, the umpire reverses her call. And calls the runner out. When the opposing coach runs out and asks what's going on, the umpire says, look, 
She tells him what happened two weeks ago and says, for a kid to be that honest, I just have to give it to him. Think about that. To be so honest that even an umpire trusts you enough to reverse the call on the field. That is an honest kiss on the lips. See, the Bible talks about being truthful and having integrity because this is a key to building healthy community. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one another. We're members of one another. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say be truthful because if you tell a lie, you're going to get caught. It says be truthful because we're connected to each other. And here's the key. Everybody catch hold of this. Truthfulness is the key to trusting and trusting is the key to connecting. And every time we deceive, we erode the trust. Anybody played the game of Jenga? You know how it works. You try to remove these blocks without knocking the stack over. And every time I'm deceitful, it's like removing one of these blocks. When I'm deceitful at work or I'm deceitful at home or I'm deceitful at school, or I'm deceitful at church, what it does is every time I'm deceitful, it erodes trust in our relationships until one day that trust, everything comes crumbling down. And this is why God is so big on speaking the truth in love. Because Truth is a key to trusting, and trusting is the key to connecting, and God wants us to have healthy relationships at home, at work, and at school. Can somebody say amen to that? And if we will take lives of integrity wherever we go, I mean, we live in a culture, if we look around, we live in a culture, a few months ago, Time Magazine this was their cover story. Is truth dead? And when you look around, it sure seems like it's on life support. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit has resurrection power. Amen? The Holy Spirit has resurrection power. And when you look around, there, there's so much brokenness, and there's so, there's so much distrust, and there's so much cynicism. But the Spirit... Well, it has resurrection power. And when we allow the Spirit to create lives of integrity in us, and then we take those lives of integrity into our community, and we plant seeds of truthfulness with love, God starts to transform our community from the inside out, and we become places of truth that trust, and we connect to the glory of God and the goodness of human beings. Let's give God praise, amen. That's how you build healthy community. Hallelujah. 
Semper Fi. Say that with me. Semper Fi. Always faithful. Always faithful. That brings us to one final thing that I'd like you to think about with me. That faithfulness is about demonstrating loyalty. It's about demonstrating loyalty. The Bible says this. It's another wonderful picture. Trusting someone who's not faithful when trouble comes is like a broken tooth or a disabled foot. Wow. Broken tooth. Do we have any dog people in the house? Let me see your hands. Then you know what loyalty looks like. I found the difference between dogs and cats when you get home. Maybe you can identify with this. When you come home, a dog says, OMG, you're home. I've missed you. The cat says, I see you've returned. Feed me now, right? <laughs> that seemed about right. See, if you have a dog, then you know what faithfulness looks like because dogs are very loyal. I saw a news story that, well, watch the screen. You can see it for yourself. Seems like two-year-old Peyton Myrick runs on batteries that never run out of power. Always nearby, his trusty sidekick, Ashapoo. Wednesday afternoon, Peyton was running full speed at his grandfather's home in Clover. He had backed the tractor out, and when he did, Peyton was gone. By the time Peyton's parents got there, an intense search was already underway. Three ambulances, the media, police cars everywhere. In my mind, I thought this is not going to end good. As hundreds of volunteers and police scoured the area looking for the little boy, the only solace to the terrified family, Ashapu was missing too. In the back of my mind, though, you knew the dog's going to be with him. It might seem silly to assume a dog would protect a child, but for four and a half hours in the cold, that's exactly what happened. When searchers made their way to this barn, Ashapu appeared then ran away barking, leading rescuers right to a two-year-old curled up asleep on the ground. All of a sudden, I heard, they've got him, they've got him, Catherine's got him. Where's Peyton? If you find this scenario unbelievable, then take a look at this. I guess he felt that was his job, to protect him and stay with him. Heroes come in all shapes and sizes. I believe the dog... And breeds, too. ...was his guardian angel in fur. This is about the best way I think I could put it. They don't make treats big enough for saving a little boy's life. We buy up steaks, big bone, the biggest bone they make. Yes. <laughs> In Clover, Kristen Hampton, WBTV, on your side. Isn't that great? If you own a dog, you know what faithfulness looks like because loyalty is when you stick with someone, when you stick with them when they're standing tall, and you also stick with them when they're flat on their back. You stick with them when they're standing tall. And you celebrate their success. You don't let envy and jealousy cause you to separate from them. Instead, you stick with them when they're standing tall and you celebrate their success. But you also stick with them when they're flat on their back. Let me ask one more question. Are there any Raider fans in the house? Let me see your hands. Raider fans? Okay, everybody look around. This is what faithfulness looks like right here. Okay? Because the Raiders right now are flat on their backs. One win, last place. But loyalty, if we take that loyalty we have for the Raiders and we redirect it and we harness it, 
and we allow the Holy Spirit to amplify it, and we have that kind of loyalty at home and at work and at church. Boy, when we're standing tall and when we're flat on our backs, what does faithfulness look like? I remember a time, if you asked me, Ken, what have been the most three painful days in your life? Boy, there was one, I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was so vivid. One of the worst days of my life. And I'm driving after a long day, driving back from Southern California late at night on Highway 5. And I am flat on my back. Mentally and emotionally, I am just flat on my back. You ever had one of those days? And I get a call from a buddy all the way on the East Coast. Now, I'm driving late at night. It's three hours later on the East Coast. He calls me and talks with me. And I'm just trying to see through my tears going down Highway 5. And he's on the other end of the phone. And we hang up. And then a little later, he calls me again. And we hang up. And a little bit later, he calls me again. We hang up. And he called me and prayed for me all night long until I got back home safe. That's what faithfulness looks like when you're standing tall and when you're flat on your back. Dr. Wayne was my buddy on the East Coast, amen? That's what you call loyalty. Oh, let's give God praise for the people in our lives who are with us when we're flat on our backs, amen? And the ultimate example of faithfulness, all of us are on the journey, but the ultimate example, where do you find that faithful person? Look up, and you see Jesus. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is faithful. We live in a culture. We live in the most rapidly changing culture in the history of the world. And when you live in this kind of sea of change, futurists say that what you need in your life in the midst of all this change, you need an island of stability. And Jesus is that rock. He's our island of stability. And when we stand on his faithfulness, the Bible says this about his faithfulness. It says faithful is the sash that is around his waist. Can somebody say amen? It says, Lord, your faithful love reaches all the way to heaven. Can somebody say amen? amen? The Bible says your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Can somebody say amen? amen? The Bible says great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin fresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. Can we give God praise for his faithfulness? Hallelujah. God, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Great is his faithfulness. Seti and Madeline are coming out. They're going to share one of my favorite songs with you. And as they sing, 
I invite you to look up at your faithful God. If there's a sea of change happening around you, there is one sure thing in your life, and that sure thing is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
sing together. Everybody stand with me, please. Bow your heads just for a moment. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, today I need to step across the line. No more waffling. I want to become a follower of Jesus. No more sitting on the fence. Today is my day, and I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. If that's a decision you're making today to put your faith and trust in him and become a follower of Jesus, slip up your hand real high. I just want to agree with you that this is your day today. God bless you. God bless you where you're at up in the balcony. God sees your hands. Those watching online, amen. God, thank you. Right over here, right over here. God, thank you for those that today are making a commitment to Jesus. They're starting the journey. Every journey starts with a step. This is their day. Let's give God praise one more time, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, cathedral family, God is good all the time. 